Thank you for tuning in to Trinity Baptist Temple's podcast. I'm Pastor Kyle Dinsmore, and I pray today's sermon is a blessing to you as you continue to seek the Lord and follow His will for your life. If you have any questions, please feel free to contact us. God bless you. I want to talk tonight about uh, New Year fruit. New Year fruit. Um, Just kind of praying about what the Lord wanted us to do uh, on Wednesdays, and I felt like that this first Wednesday night of the year, uh, we should focus on uh, something that God wants from all of our lives. And so uh, let's pray, and we're going to jump right into this. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for allowing us to, again, experience another year in 2018. Lord, I pray that um, we would see more in 2019. Lord, I don't pray that selfishly, but I pray that for your kingdom and for your glory. Lord, we want to see more fruit abound to your your glory. Lord, um, we want to see your kingdom increase. And Lord, use us in a way as a church, uh, as individuals, as members of this church, and as a collective body, Lord, to do things that uh, we, we couldn't imagine doing. Uh, Lord, because we submit ourselves to you, we're obedient to you, and you do this amazing work through us. And so, Lord, we pray uh, that you would move tonight and that you would stir our hearts. Lord, use me just as a vessel. I pray that we would um, take this message, we take these scriptures, and they would impact our lives. They wouldn't just uh, sit with us for a little bit tonight and, and a little bit afterwards, but uh, from this point forward, this, especially this year, we would look at uh, being fruitful for you. And uh, Lord, we praise you for it. And we ask and pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so it's said that the fruit of a Christian is what? Anybody have any idea? The fruit of a Christian is? Love. What? What did you say? Another Christian. Thank you. All those are good answers. I heard a couple answers, love and, and good works and stuff like that. Uh, but yes, it said that the fruit, uh, the fruit of a Christian is another Christian. Uh, If we look in John chapter 15, you can turn your Bibles there if you want to. Uh, We're going to kind of be all over the place, and so uh, you can mark these or jot them down if you want to look at them later, but they're going to be on the screen. Uh, John 15 verse 8 says, Herein is my Father glorified, this is Jesus talking, that you bear much fruit, so shall you be my disciples. And so he says, this is how you also prove you're my disciples, that you bear much fruit. Not just that you bear some fruit, that you bear, uh, you know, fruit, period, but that you bear much fruit. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 17, it says this, Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound abound on your account or increase to your account. Now, what what is that scripture? And this is the Apostle Paul. He's writing from prison to the Philippian believers. The Philippian believers had sent to the Apostle Paul's need. Uh, He had some physical needs. He had some uh, emotional needs. He had some, uh, you know, tangible things that he needed in the Philippian church sent to him time and time again. He commended them. Not only did they send help in in form of uh, tangible gifts like uh, supplies and stuff like that, they also sent workers. They they sent people to minister to the Apostle Paul while he was in prison. And so um, Paul is explaining to them, listen, I want you to have fruit on your account. Uh, Again, talking about what they had done for him, sending this care, people to help him. But the reality for the Apostle Paul is that others were always on his mind. Whether it was the the church, whether it was somebody in need, somebody in need of the the gospel truth, others were always on his mind. He was looking for this gift uh, from the Philippian church that was going to satisfy him. 
but he was wanting credit to come to the account of the Philippians. What did that mean? The fruit that he's speaking of, that he wanted to abound to their account, would be other Christians, would be uh, people coming to the Lord in the gospel ministry. Again, that's what Paul was called to. And so he said, you're helping me, and you're sending help for me while I'm in prison so that I can continue the work, so I can continue the, uh, the gospel ministry, and so that while you do this, I pray that God, the, the fruit will abound on your account. If we look in um, God's design, nature itself uh, reveals that God desires life and reproduction. That's what it is. Look at, look at life, I mean, look at creation, look at God's design, and that's what God's desire is. From the uh, command uh, of, to Adam and Eve to be fruitful and multiply. And, you know, we're not going to get into uh, the talk uh, or I have a health lesson tonight about human reproduction. Uh, but that's what God's desire is. But it's also obvious when you look in the plant life. Very similar uh, dynamics there. God desires life. He desires fruit. Uh, when we look at creation, when we look at the beginning, we see that there was good fruit to eat and there was bad fruit to eat. Now, it wasn't evil in that God created it, but it was evil in that God said, don't eat of it. And so there was different kinds of fruit from the very beginning of God's creation. So we think about this idea about fruit and say, what's the big deal about this? Again, God desires fruit from all of our lives. Again, remember what we just read in John chapter 15. Herein, here's how my father's glorified, that you bear much fruit. And as you bear much, much fruit, you prove that you are my followers. You're proving that you're following me. Fruit is a sign of life, right? When you go out and you have an apple tree and it's time for apple harvest and there's no fruit on that tree, what do you think? Either it's diseased, something's wrong with it, um, something, some, some, some insects have got a hold of it, something has affected this tree to where it's not doing what it's supposed to do, which is produce apples, the fruit that it was designed to produce. Again, if we go back to the beginning and say, what is the fruit of a Christian? The fruit of a Christian is another Christian. Uh, back in, I think, 2012, I preached uh, several messages on this topic of reproduction. And I talked about how we are to be reproducing as individuals. We're also to be reproducing as, as a corporate body. And we were t I, was, I was saying that because God had put on my heart um, for us to amp up our outreach, for us to also have the opportunity to see a church plant go out, and God saw to that, uh, to see us be a church planting church, to continue to send missionaries out as we've sent two out that, in that year, but to continue on in this healthy reproductive cycle uh, that God has designed for us as individuals, but also as a church. But the question that we have, that have come to mind, if God desires fruit, fruit is a sign of life, there's good fruit, there's bad fruit, what determines if fruit is good? or fruit is bad, right? God desires fruit. Every Christian should be producing fruit. There is good fruit. There is bad fruit. All of those things are truth. So what determines what's good fruit or bad fruit? The uh, question I'm going to ask first is, what must, what must take place in order for life to take hold and for it to bring forth other life? And so when we consider there's good fruit, there's bad fruit, 
we want to see good fruit in our life. We want to see the things that God designs and desires for our life to come out of our life. The fruit that he, he has ordained, also the fruit of other Christians in our life. There has to be some things in place for that to happen. There has to be elements that bring forth life. Again, we talk on the human side. We know what it takes for humans to bring forth another human. Look at the plant world. You look at what re reproduction, the, the, the cycle of reproduction has to happen. Uh, these elements that are essential for life and growth are very clear. And so I have these on the screen. They're supposed to be in the notes that you had, uh, but you can jot them down if you want to or take a picture as you go. But here are some elements, again, all across the spectrum of what's needed for fruit, for life, for growth in any way in our spiritual lives as well. And so the first thing is this, seed. You have to have seed. You have to have something that's going to be germany. You have to have something that's going to be kind of the, the conception of whatever the plant is going to be. So the seed, what we're told in the spiritual realm, is the Word of God. In Luke chapter 8, it says this, verse 4, And when much people were gathered together, they were come to him. Out of every city he spake by a parable, a sower went out to sow his seed. And as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and it was trodden down. The fowls of the air devoured it. Some fell upon a rock. And as soon as it sprung up, it withered away because it lacked moisture. But some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprang up with it and choked it. And other fell on good ground, sprang up and bare fruit a hundredfold. And when he had said these things, he cried, He that has ears to hear, let him hear. Which is a sad thing, right? Because obviously there were people there that didn't have the spiritual ears to hear. But he was telling them, if you've got spiritual ears, you need to hear what I'm telling you. Those disciples were, were trying to pick up what he was throwing down. So they say, look, what does this be? I mean, what, what does this mean? What might this parable be? And he said unto them, unto you it's given to know the mysteries of the kingdom of God, but to others in parables that seeing they might see and hearing they uh, might not see and hearing they might not understand. Now the parable is this. Listen to what he says. The seed is the word of God. So for every spiritual life, period, every, every life that has changed uh, from death to life, every, every person who has gone from being a lost person to a saved person, the word of God is the seed. It's the factor that is going to, we're talking more about the gospel here in just a little bit, but the word of God is that seed. He explains it very clearly. This is what it is. The seed is the word of God. Those by the wayside are they that hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word out of their hearts, lest they should believe and be saved. They on the rock are they which, when they hear, they receive the word with joy. These have no root, though, which for a while believe, and in time of temptation they fall away, possibly uh, probably apostates. And they which fell among thorns are they which, when they have heard, go forth and are choked with the cares and the riches and pleasures of this life, and bring no fruit. To perfection. You, you see what, what he's saying here? The seed's the word, but, but there, there's an element here already. There's, there's a couple that haven't taken place, and there's one that, that comes, and, and it starts to, to grow. It looks like it's going to be what it's supposed to be, but there's a key element there that's not there. It says it doesn't bring fruit to completion. It doesn't bear fruit. It doesn't produce fruit. It doesn't do what the seed intended for it to do, which was to take root to grow and to produce fruit. But verse 15, 
is the only one that says on the good ground are they which in an honest and good heart, having heard the word, they keep it and bring forth, look at that again, fruit with patience. I'm not a farmer, and I don't think I've ever even had a garden. Um, I'm trying to think back. I, we've had some plants. We've got some bushes and some trees now. We've planted flowers. And so uh, I, I realized that the healthy gardens, healthy plants, healthy crops require patience. Um, and again, they require all these elements in order for them to grow and to be healthy. So the first element that you have to have in order for there to be life, in order for fruit, the end result, fruit to come forth, you have to have a seed. And so again, the seed's the word of God, has to be an element there. Second thing is water. I would say the water, again, would be the word of God. It's, 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 it's paralleled like this, in, or, or illustrated like this, in Ephesians chapter 5. When it's talking to husbands, husbands love your wife, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it, verse 25, but 26 says this, that he might sanctify and cleanse it with the washing of water by the word. Washing of water by the word. It goes on that he might present himself a glorious church, having not spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. And so again, when we look at what are elements to uh, growth, elements in order for fruit to be uh, seen in our life, we have to have seed, we have to have water. Uh, the water is, is, is the washing of the, the, the word of God. The seed is the, the word of God. The next thing is oxygen and air. We know that you have to have to oxygen in order for uh, life to bring forth or to be brought forth. Uh, you can look in the very uh, first chapter of the book, uh, Genesis chapter 1, and it says that in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and it begins to say that the Spirit of, the, of God moved upon the face of the waters. Now, the, the name Spirit there in the Hebrew means moving air or breath. And so it's necessary. Again, from the very beginning of creation, from the very beginning of life, the spirit, air, was involved in bringing forth life. And so when we look at life in the spiritual realm, you have to have the seed, you have to have the water, you have to have, to have that washing, you have to have the air, you have to have the spirit of God involved in this process. Again, Genesis chapter 1 tells us that, but in the New Testament, it says this, Titus chapter 3, verse 5, Not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us by the washing of our generation, here it is, in the renewing of the Holy Ghost, which he shed on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, that being justified by his grace, we should be made heirs according to the, uh, of eternal life. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. He's been recreated. He's ha he has a new birth. There's been a spiritual work go on in his life, because of these elements. Again, all things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. So we have seed, we have water, we have air. What else do we need? We need light. You have to have light in order for it to, to bring forth fruit. Light is the gospel. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 1. Therefore, seeing we have this mercy, as, as we have received mercy, we faint not. Isn't that amazing? The Apostle Paul is talking to this Corinthian church and is talking about having received this mercy that's causing us not to give up. That's causing us not to faint. That's causing us not to grow weary because of the mercy that we've received. But having renounced the hidden, thing, hidden things of dishonesty, not walking in craftiness, nor handling of the word of God deceitfully, but by manifestation of the truth, commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. Listen to what he says here. But if our gospel is hid, it's hid 
to them that are lost. These people that are lost are those who the God of this world has blinded their minds because they don't believe. And he says, listen, if, if, if this is what's going on, uh, he, the enemy's trying to do this so that they don't have the light of the glorious gospel to shine on them. That's the key. That's, that's, that's the, the, the key part of this. The seed, again, the word of God, uh, the, wa- the washing of the water, the active involvement of the Holy Spirit in regenerating uh, this new life. But the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, the fact that God so loved the world, sent his only son to, to live a sinless life, to die on a cross, to be the payment for our sins, the atonement for our sins, rose again the third day. That gospel, that good news, is the illuminating factor that, is, that, that, that enables a new life to be brought forth and for fruit to come forth in someone's life. And so again, you have to have the light, you have to have the gospel. I, I unfortunately, have, have come across people in my life, and I think good intending people, that said that they had an experience at a concert, or they had an experience when they were driving down the road. Uh, listen, there is nothing that can bring about salvation other than the gospel of Jesus Christ. The word of God has to be heard in order for somebody to have faith. The Bible says that. Faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Again, it says that the power of God unto salvation is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel, the word of God, it has to be that, those elements in order for life to come forth. Again, you have to have the seed, you have to have water, you have to have air, you have to have light. But where's it got to go? We already saw it in Luke chapter 8. It's got to go in good soil. I can't tell you how many people I've talked to over the years and shared the gospel with that have, A, just outright rejected it, didn't want it, that have gone through the motions, said a prayer, and nothing ever came from their life. Have gone through the motions, said a prayer, and showed up for church for a while until something happened, and then they left. Have gone through the motions, said a prayer, showed up for church, seemed to be Christians, seemed to to have all those elements, and, and then they just disappear off the face of the earth. Just nowhere to be found, no desire for the things of God. Many, many, many people. And so I think that's why when Jesus said that there's few on the path that leads to life everlasting, but there's many on this broad path that leads to destruction. He, he tells this parable that out of all the four different soils, there's only one that life comes about in, and that's this good soil. So it has to be good soil that the seed falls on. It has to be good soil that receives the water and, and, and the air and the light. It has to be this good soil. Again, our life as a born-again believer is very clear. Once we are this new creation in Christ, once we've experienced this, this new birth, once we've been brought to life out of death, God wants us to live in such a way that his fruit is made manifest in our life, or it's clearly seen in our life. So once we are made this new creature, once we are this new life in Christ, once we are, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says, that we are a new creature, he wants fruit to come from our lives. Well, what does that mean? I think that most people in here, I don't know, I'm not God, so I can't say, you're saved, you're saved. But I look around here, and I know all of you, 
And, and I believe that everybody in here is, is saved. Again, I'm not God. I don't know that 100% for sure. But I would think that probably 99%, I mean, JD, might, no, I'm just joking. <laughs> I think most, most everybody, if not everybody in here, is, is born again. They're a new creature in Christ. So what is it that God wants from us? If, if he, it's the same thing as I said, well, herein is my Father glorified, that you bear much fruit, and so shall you be my disciples. Show, and so prove that you are my disciples. So what is that? What does God want from our lives tonight? That he's talking about, this, this fruit he's talking about. It said in the beginning, the, the fruit of a Christian is another Christian. But is that the only thing it's talking about? Somebody mentioned love, somebody mentioned good works. And I think, as I said, all of those are good answers because the Scripture tells us in Galatians chapter 5 that there is this fruit package, basically, that we, we have as believers, as, as born-again, that should be manifest, that should be seen in our lives as born-again believers. In Galatians chapter 5, verse 22, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness or kindness, Faith, meekness, and temperance, or self-control. And then he says this, against such there is no law. He goes on to say, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh. They, they put the flesh to death with all its affections and lusts. And if we live in the Spirit, we should also walk in the Spirit. Let us not be desirous of vainglory and provoking one another, envying one another. We talked about that even on Sunday. And so we, we, we as Christians should have these things clear in our life. It should be seen through our obedience to God's word, again, not just the, the, the good deeds of obedience, not just, uh, th that's, that's good fruit, good, good deeds, good works, that's also part of the, the, the good fruit that we're supposed to bear in our life. But these elements, these, these, these attributes, these characteristics, this fruit should be clearly seen in all of our lives. These are the attitudes. These are the actions. These are the, these are the, the, the words that, that are in line with God's word. This is what our life should look like. This is what's pleasing to him. Again, this fruit, elements of the spirit, but also good works. But it's only produced because of real faith. It only comes out. Now, I'm not saying that you can have, a, you can have somebody who is, is a lost person who knows what the word of God is and knows that they should be kind to people and, and knows that they should be gentle and, and all that kind of stuff, that they can't do those things. Absolutely, they can. But for the Christian, these things should be manifest in our life all the time because we have real faith. The saving faith we have changes our everything. Again, the Spirit renews us. He makes us new. We, we then become obedient to God because it's a priority in our life. And so this fruit comes out in our life. We hear God's word. We obey God's word. That good works is the good fruit. And again, as a priority, we say, you know what? I'm going to observe and obey what God has said because I'm a new creature. I'm a follower of Christ. But beyond that, so good works, obeying God's word, that's good fruit. This fruit of the Spirit, these characteristics, these elements, these virtues that, that come when we get saved, they, they, they're a part of us. And the way that they're made manifest in our life is that we make sure that the, the flesh stays dead and that we walk in the Spirit, that we stay obedient to God's Word, that's walking in the Spirit, so that these things can be evident in our life. This fruit is produced in our life. But, again, is that the only fruit that God desires for us to produce? Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. 
and so prove that you're my disciples. Is good works and the elements of the fruit of the Spirit the only thing? Again, as I said in the beginning, the fruit of a Christian is another Christian. Yes, a strong tree. When you walk out there and you see that strong tree and it's got these beautiful leaves and maybe it's got a fragrant smell coming from it, that's good. But if it's a tree that is to, be, is to have fruit, if there's no fruit, it's useless. You say, well, no, it's not useless. I mean, it, it would provide oxygen. Listen, it's useless. It's intent, it's purpose, it's, it's, it's whole. Again, if you walk out to an apple tree and year after year, that apple tree looks, it, it's, it's a big tree and, 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 and comparatively, and, and, and you have the leaves on there, but it never produces apples. At some point in time, you're gonna, you're gonna stop calling it an apple tree because every person that walks by says, what kind of tree is that? That's an apple tree. Oh, I've never seen apples on it. I know, it never produces apples. <laughs> You'd be like, that, that's kind of embarrassing. I, I know it's a weird apple tree, it just never makes apples. Again, it's useless. It's not fulfilling what its purpose is to be an apple tree, to produce apples. So as Christians, our purpose is not only to be those who are obedient to God's word, doing the things, living our life according to God's word, walking in the spirit, bearing the fruit of the spirit. It's not just those things, but it's also seeing fruit of other believers come from our lives. In Luke chapter 13 Verse 1, there were present at that season some, some that told him of the Galileans whose blood Pilate had mingled with their, sac- with their sacrifices. And Jesus answering said to them, suppose ye that these Galileans were sinners above all the Galileans because they suffered these things at the hand of, uh, of uh, Pilate? Again, Pilate had taken these people that were uh, killed and, and he mingled their blood with the sacrifices and it, and it was an, an, an absolute perversion. It was a, uh, an abomination and, and and so because that happened to them, because they suffered these, these things by the hand of Pilate, Jesus asked this question. This question. So because this happened to them, because this, this person did this, are, are they greater sinners than all of the Galileans? And Jesus answered, I tell you, no. But except you repent, you shall all likewise perish. It's basically saying, you know, if you're a sinner, you're going to die. The wages of sin is death. Whether, whether it's an unjust death or whether it's a justified whatever death, I mean, that's what is going to happen because of sin unless you repent. And he goes and it says this, or those 18 upon whom the tower of Siloam fell and slew them, think ye that they were sinners above all men that dwelt in Jerusalem. This tower fell on them, died, 18 men. Were they greater sinners than everybody else in Jerusalem? He says, no, except you repent, you're all going to likewise die. He spake also this parable. A certain man had a fig tree planted in his vineyard, and he came and sought fruit thereon, and he didn't find any fruit on this fig tree. Again, what's a fig tree supposed to bring forth? Figs. So the, 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 the man looks there, doesn't have fruit there. As he said to the dresser of the vineyard, the keeper of the vineyard, behold, these three years I come seeking fruit on this fig tree, and I never find figs on this fig tree. So cut it down. Why cumbereth it? The ground is taken up space. It's useless. It's a fig tree that's not bringing forth figs. So cut it down. And he answering said unto them, Lord, let it alone this year also, till I shall dig about it and dung it, fertilize it. And if it bear fruit, well. And if not, then after that, 
thou shalt cut it down. And Jesus, I think, speaking of the responsibility of Israel, Jesus' ministry, uh, three and a half years there in Israel, again, talks about three years, hey, give it a little bit longer, um, and then, then cut it down if it doesn't bear fruit. But it also, I believe, speaks of the responsibility of individuals. The responsibility of individuals to bring forth fruit. Unless there's repentance, there will be this same eternal perishing. Unless someone truly turns away from sin and turns to Jesus Christ and their life is born again, they will perish just like everything else. So here's the, here's the, here's the, the, whole, the whole point. God desires and expects fruit of our lives. It's not just good works. It's not just the fruit of the Spirit. But it's literal fruit. Things being produced for His kingdom that glorifies Him. Herein is my Father glorified that you bear much fruit. If we're alive, we should be bearing fruit. Again, not just in those righteous works and not just in, in, in the fruit of the Spirit. But I believe in gospel living. Can you imagine if no one in this room shared the gospel? Think about that. I don't know, there's 70, I don't know how many people in here. What if no one in this room shared the gospel? No one ever spoke the good news to a sinner in need. No one ever pleaded for someone to miss this perishing, to miss this eternal judgment through the finished work of Jesus Christ. What, what if that was the case? They said, well, there's, there's missionaries around the world, and there's, 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 there's evangelists, and there's, and there's people that are, that are sharing the gospel. I don't know that I have to do it, but what if it was like that? What if, what if everyone shared the gospel like you? What would that look like? I had to ask myself that question. What if everyone shared the gospel like me? Am I, am I alive? Have I been renewed? Have I been, been regenerated? Am I, am I a, a plan? Am I, uh, did it fall on good soil? And so if so, what is, is being produced? What, what, and I'm not saying like manufacturing professions. I'm not talking about that. I'm not talking about getting people to say a prayer and, and all that kind of stuff. But what, it, what, if it, what would it look like in, in our church? What would it look like in the church period? What would it look like in our area if everyone shared the gospel like you? And maybe you're here and you say, man, I, I share the gospel regularly. Praise God. Then if, if everyone shared the gospel like you, maybe it would it'd go forth more. But I just wonder if, if we would be honest and real with ourselves. What would it look like if everybody shared the gospel like you? It's good news. It's not just good news. It's the best news. It's the only news that can save. And so why would we ever hide it? Why would we ever keep it? Remember what 2 Corinthians chapter 4 said again? If our gospel is hid, it's hid to them that are lost. If we don't bear that, that gospel, if we don't share it with those in need, if we don't uh, uh, attempt to sow the seed and shine the light and allow the, 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 the Holy Spirit to do the work that only He can do 
through us and through the, 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 the word of God and the gospel, if we don't do that, then it's never going to get on good soil. It's never going to produce other life. And why would we hide it if it's the best news? I was talking with um, Brother Dick Bass the other day, and uh, we were just talking about um, uh, churches and kind of the, the, the times. And, and uh, he was talking about Legacy Down the Street, which um, I'm friends with Pastor Phil. And, you know, I get articles almost every single day about how church attendance uh, all over the country is struggling in most churches. Um, how people aren't going to church like they used to, aren't gathering with the saints like they used to. And, um, I mean, literally, almost every day, an article like that. And, you know, I've had conversations, different things, you know. Um, I, here's one theory that I have is, you know, in, in 2008, we really saw a bad recession, right? Uh, the market tanked. We had 9-11. Everybody turned, turned to the Lord. Uh, church gathering, people started gathering, and, and it was a big deal because we needed God uh, in, our, in our nation again because that's why the terrorists attacked. And, and so there was this great push to, to get back devoted to God. Congressmen, you know, congresswomen singing God bless America on the steps of, of the Capitol and, and stuff like that. And then 2008 comes, and we come to another bowing of our knees uh, in, in mercy because the, the, the housing market and the stock market, everything, the bottom falls out of it and everybody becomes desperate for God and, and, and man, God, we need you to help us. We need to, to get back on our feet and, and everybody's turning to, to politics and we, man, we just need to get a different govern, government in there and different people to lead the country. We, we'd, we'd fix this thing. And so I believe that we've come to a place now in 2019 now that we have seen recession. We have seen even turnover in government. We've seen a lot of things become a lot more comfortable for us as Christians, if you will. So there's not as, as much of a desperate need to press in to the body of Christ. There's not a, a, as much of a need to, to look at what our brothers and sisters may need in this time, during this time, because we're doing okay. You know, I mean, we may have problems, we may have struggles, we may have sickness, we may have this or that. But honestly, I mean, it boils down to, you know, are we financially okay? Is everything seemingly comfortable in our lives? And so we don't have this desperate, let's cling together and let's accomplish this mission that we cannot accomplish by ourselves and in ourselves. There's not this pressing together. It's kind of like, eh, I go to church or, or not, it's not a big deal. I mean, you don't have to go to church. You don't have to be connected with the body. Like we, we see this thing completely wrong uh, in today's standard. And I've always tried to, to press uh, press the importance of faithfulness um, of gathering to the body in not a legalistic way and not a way that that it means well you're you're an absolute bad christian if you're not at church not that at all but man i i every day i thank god when i wake up the parts of my body work because they're there and they're connected and they're doing what god designed them to do and very clearly in scripture we're told that as a church put together like a body, each person having their own unique gifts. We're supposed to be using those gifts for each other. We're supposed to be edifying each other as we use those gifts. We're supposed to sing spiritual songs, admonishing one another, 
supposed to be something that we, we gather around and, and worship our, our, our Lord with so that we can do, do this to be strengthened and unified in what God has called us to do, something beyond ourselves, which is to get this glorious gospel out to those in need so that we can bear fruit so God's kingdom is increased, so he is glorified through the bearing of much fruit. One of the things that I, I shared that is concerning is I, I'm concerned that people are okay with missing gathering with the body because maybe they're not expecting anybody that they talk to that week to come. You see, if, I, if I've been inviting people and if I've been trying to talk to people throughout the week and share the gospel with them and tell them, man, you've got to come to our church. You've got you, you to come and see you know, what, what's going on and hear the message. If, if, if I'm not doing that throughout the week, then when it comes time for the service, I don't really, I'm not expecting anything to happen. I'm not expecting anybody to be there because I haven't been inviting. I haven't been talking. So there's no expectation, there's no need for me to be there in case that person I have been talking to or have been inviting shows up and I can connect with them and even maybe see more things go on in their life. So there's this compelling that should go on in every single member's life. Number one, I'm a member that should be used to encourage other members every time we're gathered. And number two, I'm expecting God to do something. I'm expecting those seeds that I sowed, that, that those efforts that I made to try to, to give the gospel and invite people and, and bring them in, I'm expecting God to do something and those people to, to show up. And so when it's not a big deal for me not to be here, does it say that I'm not expecting anyone to be here? Or does it say that I'm not even inviting anybody to be here? I'm not inviting anybody to come see what God has done for them, to hear what God has done for them. And so again, I think that we miss out on this, this great call that God's given to us as individuals and as a body. My desire is that we would see a fruitful life, not only in our individual lives, but in our church life. That we would see 2019 to be more fruitful than we've ever experienced in this church before. Because we start to get it. We, we start to realize, look, my life has an eternal purpose. I've been regenerated. I've been born again. I've been given life. I was dead. Now I'm alive. And now my life is supposed to be bringing forth fruit. It's supposed to be pouring out fruit to the glory of God. And am I doing that? So man, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to be kind and loving and, 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 and exude peace and joy and, and kindness and gentleness and meekness and, 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 and self-control. I'm trying to have all those things evident in my life. Great, awesome. And, and I'm trying as best as I can to be obedient to God's word and, and have good works come out of my life. That's great. But there's a, that other element of fruit abounding in our life. And that's other people being born again. We've got to put forth the effort. We, we've got to Get the seed out. We've got to get the light out. We've got to make sure that we're doing our part. And it does start with obedience. It starts with gratitude for what he's done for us. Many times it starts with a simple conversation. I've been 
praying for neighbors. I've been praying for people that I talk to at the rec center. And I'm not saying that as a matter of boasting. I, I'm just saying that I'm, I'm trying to do this. I don't know many of you are trying to do this. But I want to encourage you, if you're not, you should. God wants to use you right now. He wants to use you right now in your life to affect somebody else for his kingdom. And sometimes it just starts with a simple conversation. It takes a little bit getting out of your, your, that comfort bubble. I was, I was talking to Brother JT today, and, and I said, um, I feel like that we try to cushion every corner of our life. We want every area, aspect of our life to be comfortable, and that's just not, that's not even seen in Scripture. What's the last gospel conversation you had with somebody? Who's the last person you invited to church? You say, I don't even remember. That's what I'm encouraging you tonight. That's what I'm charging and challenging us tonight. This very first service of 2019, if you haven't, if you haven't had a gospel conversation, or, or even starting with a simple invite, take, take a card. We've got cards out there. Take an take a invite card. And, and maybe even somebody at a drive through window or, or somebody you'll never see again. And, and invite, maybe, maybe never see him, but maybe you give them that card. Maybe they end up getting saved, saved down the road and you see them in eternity. But that's the fruit that God wants to see in our life. But it starts with a simple conversation. It starts with a simple invite. What's keeping you from inviting somebody to church? What's, what's, what's holding you back from inviting others to come to know the Lord? I want to charge you tonight, make it matter. Make it matter. Make, make it something that's important to you because it's important to God. God wants to see other people come into his kingdom, and he wants to use every single one of our lives to do so. But it takes us putting forth that effort. It takes us saying, you know what? I am going to start inviting my coworkers. I am going to start, I'm, I don't know that I've ever invited this neighbor. I don't know that I've ever invited that neighbor. I don't know that I've ever had this conversation with this person. I'm going to invite them. I'm going to talk to them. I'm going to try to do it. Why? Because it matters. So again, in 2019, let's have fruit. Let's have a fruitful 2019 because we're, we're willing to, to take those steps as, 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 People who are alive, bringing forth fruit to the glory of God. Make that, make that determination. Make that commitment. I encourage you to make it tonight. Maybe, maybe you want to come down the altar. Maybe you want to pray there at your seat. And, and you pray something as simple as this. God, help me have those conversations. I've, I've said this many times before. Just ask the Lord. God, send somebody my way that I can share the gospel with. Or send somebody my way that I can invite. And I promise you. I don't stand here boastfully to say there's been many times I think God has done that and I missed the opportunity. I was, I was busy. I, I, I realized after the fact um, I've shared stories about that. So it's not that I'm perfect in that or I think anybody's perfect in that. But I think, again, you pray according to God's will and he'll answer that prayer. Pray that prayer. Ask God, God, I want to be fruitful. I want to be useful. I want to be a tree that brings forth fruit. So God, help me have people in my life. Bring people in my path that I can invite. Bring people in my path that I can give a track to. Bring people in my in life that I can have gospel conversations with. And then be in tune. Be ready. Because I believe God answers those prayers and brings those people in our path. And so let's have a fruitful 2019. Let's see fruit abound to the glory of God.
Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for this opportunity to, to think about what brings you glory. Uh, Lord, to think about fruit. And as I've already talked to you, Lord, uh, and, and apologized and asked for forgiveness. And Lord, I know there's many times that I have missed those opportunities, that I'm busy maybe thinking about other things or uh, busy doing other things and not realizing there may be a soul in need uh, of the gospel. Maybe somebody that I could just simply invite uh, to come and hear your word, to come and hear the gospel. And Lord, as I've prayed, I, I'll pray again tonight uh, in the assembly uh, of, of the church. Lord, I, I want to be better. I want to bring forth more fruit. Lord, I, I want to sow more seeds. I want to water more seeds. I want to be more effective. Uh, Lord, uh, because I get on stage and, and, and preach and, and, and share the gospel many times, uh, it's not enough. I want to be used up. And I pray that would be the desire of every single one of your people here tonight. Lord, that we would be looking for opportunities, that we would see fruit abound, uh, that we would put forth more effort in the gospel work than we have in 2018. Lord, the 2019, we would give you uh, more effort for your kingdom. Uh, Lord, just move now in this invitation, and we'll praise you for what you do. We ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen.